Would you all mind standing today for the reading of God's word? It's just a standalone message today. We're going to take communion. And uh, next week, we're going to start a series that's going to go 16 weeks. I've never done that before. I already got most of them written. How about that? I've never done that before. Here we go. Luke chapter 22, verse 7 through 20. Nope. Uh, Verses whatever we're about to put on the screen here. Uh, When the time came... Let me just get there. Luke. uh, Yet when the time came, Jesus sat down together at the table. Verse 15. And Jesus said, I am very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup of wine and he gave thanks for it. He said, take this and share it among yourselves, for I will not drink the wine again until the kingdom of God has come. Then he took the bread and he gave thanks. He broke it into pieces and he gave it to his disciples. I'm sorry. Jesus, come on, man, this ain't cool. All right. Uh, Then he broke it into pieces and he gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After the supper, he took the cup of wine, and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, God, would you help? Amen. You can have a seat. A few things I just want to say quickly that stands out to me from this passage. One, The very first verse there in 14, it says, When the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table. It's the heart of this church to make sure that you're growing in Christ. How do you know if something's alive? My wife always says it's growing. How do I know if you're alive in Christ? We'll we'll know it. We'll see your fruit. You'll be growing. Well, what I love about here in this very first passage, we're trying to make a way to help you grow. Jesus said it right here. When the time came, Jesus and his apostles sat down together at the table. You know what's fascinating? Jesus' ministry was only three years. You know, he didn't do ministry without his disciples. Let me say it a different way. He didn't do ministry without sitting down with some people and remembering the things that God did together. you got to have a circle in your life. We, I say it all the time. We gather in rows, but we grow in circles. If you don't have a circle in your life, I question. If Jesus needed a circle, you need a circle. you got to have people that you talk to and you break this thing down with. When I look at the youth, they've got circles. Matthew, who preached last week better than me, he's got people in his life that he talks about the things that God's doing in his life with. Who are you doing that with? Sign up, man. Some of you, are. God's going to call you to lead right now. And you're supposed to lead a group. We're going to meet after church for that. Man, it's so cool. Then he goes on to say, For I tell you that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled. Communion isn't just bread and wine. It has meaning. 
Jesus was doing that night had meaning. He's talking to his disciples about all the promises of God and all the things that God wants to do in the kingdom, what he did for Israel, what he wants to do for us. And then he picks up this cup and he gives thanks and he's like, oh man, he just kills me. He lifted the cup knowing what was about to happen to him and gave thanks. The cup was a covenant of his blood, which is poured out for you, he said. Hey, God, thanks for pouring out my blood. Said no one ever. I've never been loved like this before. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Not me. He said this. Broken. Thanks, God. Today, um, I write this message in light of the fact that there's so many beautiful things happening in our church. There really is. And yet, I can't remember a time when I have so many friends that I'm serving the Lord with that is going through it like you are right now. And so to all of you that are going through it, this one's for you. So I just ask you, are you in a season right now, maybe by a show of hands, you just help me so I know who I'm talking to, where you can think of something in your life that is truly overwhelming and you don't know how to get through this. I think that this is life sometimes, right? And here's Jesus sitting at the table and he's giving thanks for the brokenness and the bloodshed that's about to happen. praying about this message today and the Lord spoke to me I don't often say that the Lord spoke to me and uh, maybe it's because I'm like my intelligent level is like smaller than some of y'all that gather here but when God speaks to me he has to make it real simple and real small <laughs> I'd tell you that if you ever get a word for your pastor <laughs> keep it small <laughs> God said I know It's crazy to me that he takes this cup and he lifts it up and he would say, I know that this is my blood and I know that this is my body. It's crazy to me that he did what he was about to do knowing what he was going to have to go through to get to me and you because he said this is poured out for you. This is, this is for me. This is because of my brokenness. He was broken. This is because of my sin that he was poured out. And he went through it all. I want you to know today that you're loved. That Jesus loves you. He knew. He knew. He didn't just know what was about to happen. He knew also. There's a big difference, you know, when someone says, hey, I know what you're going through. Yeah, cool. When someone knows what you're going through and they feel it, Anyways, in a couple of verses just before this, in order for Jesus to get to this point uh, where he was able to say my body was broken, there was one key thing that I, I saw that I'm just going to make kind of like a theme for this day, and it's the first verse that I ever memorized. I would encourage some of you to memorize it. I would guarantee that if you're going to continue a relationship with Christ, this one you'll use. 
It comes from Proverbs. It's chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. And it says, To trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and lean not unto your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all of your ways, and he will make your path straight. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. Acknowledge him in everything you do. You're going to have to trust God in some situations you don't understand. And uh, I know that there are some folks right now that are going through it. Check this out. Just before this passage in Luke 22, uh, Jesus is about to set up the Passover meal. And so before he ever got to the, you know, the pitcher with Jesus and the guys laying on him, before that ever happened, something got him to that room. And it's pretty funny to me uh, because I want you to know that Jesus, he knew. Check this out. This is um, going to be just the passages before it. Uh, verse 7, Now the festival of the unleavened bread arrived, and when the Passover lamb, when, when the Passover lamb is sacrificed, and Jesus sent Peter and John ahead and said, uh, Go and prepare the Passover meal so we can eat it together. Where do you want us to prepare it? He asked them. Well, he replied, As soon as you enter Jerusalem, a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you. Follow him. And at the house he enters, say to the owner, the teacher asks, where is the guest room and where can I eat this Passover meal with my disciples? Uh, and, and then he will, tell you, he will take you upstairs to a large room that's already set up. And that is where you, will, you should prepare your meal. They went off to the city and they found everything just as Jesus had said and they prepared the Passover meal there. In order for Jesus to be able to look at the disciples and say, my body is broken for you, he had to set it up. And he had to send the disciples somewhere where they didn't know where they were going to go, and he knew where they were going to go. And he knew who they were going to run into, and he knew how it was going to go down. I want you to know that where you're at right now, God knows exactly where you are and he knows who you're going to run into and how it's going to go down you know what was really neat about this passage and to me it, I, I i got this revelation this morning he said that he was going to send him to a man carrying a pitcher of water notice he wasn't carrying a, a big old pitcher of wine which the disciples are going to drink tonight they're gonna have a lot of wine so much wine, they can't pray. You know, they're, they're out. They're, that's how this is going to go down. But they, they, he sends them to find a guy with a pitcher of water. I wonder what that water was for that night. I wonder if he sent them ahead so that that water would be used to wash their feet. You ever think about that? Someone said once, what would you do the night if you knew you had one day to live? Jesus knew what he was going to do. He's going to wash feet. Who signs up to wash feet the day before they die? Someone who loves me like no one else, who's trying to do something in my heart like no one else. You're going to find a guy carrying a pitcher of water. Follow that guy. He's going to go to some house. You're going to go to that house and ask that guy if you can eat at his house. And if he has a place, in fact, he does have a place. It's already set up. And you're going to go up there and you're going to make a meal for me. And there, I'm going to tell you about how my life is going to be poured out for you. I want you to know God already knows. You'd say, yeah, but maybe it was, maybe Jesus already met those guys. Well, 
just three days before this situation happened, he sent the disciples into Jerusalem to go find a donkey. And you're going to find a donkey. It's tied up. Someone's going to come to you and say, hey, that's my donkey. No, 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 no. It's for the Lord. He needs it. Oh, all right. Then you, you can have the donkey. And Jesus did this also. He came up to some people and said, hey, uh, Jesus, we can't pay taxes this year. We've been feeding all these people and the government heard about it. And they, what is the pay taxes? He says, I want you to go down to the lake. I just want you to pull a lake, uh, one fish out. In that fish, you're going to find two copper coins. It'll cover all the taxes that we need for the year. Wait, what? I just want you to know God knows where you're at. He's not as concerned about it as you are. He knows what situation you're in completely. And he's got it figured out. He knows where you're at and he knows where you're going. And I think about this just maybe as a mission, as a prophetic, like some of you have a call of God on your life. I just want you to know when God calls you, he's always going to send you into situations where you don't know what's happening. Hey, uh, you're going to go, you're going to meet this guy, and this guy's going to take you to this other guy, and you're going to go upstairs. It's all to just make a meal. Well, you know, God's sending you. And he knows what he's trying to figure out and what he's working out in your life. But what would happen if the disciples just planned the meal and didn't go where Jesus told them to go? Like maybe they wouldn't have got their feet washed that night. Uh, that was all for, that wasn't part of the message. praying with people that have real situations in their family right now, real situations in their health, catastrophic situations in their finances. And all at the same time, God is doing some of the most crazy and beautiful miracles within our church. But I am praying with people that are really going through it and they don't understand why. Before Jesus could lift a cup and say, this is my body, I want you to know he wrestled with this too. It wasn't easy for Jesus to just be like, yeah, hey, hey, look, put my hand on that wood and you drive that stake as good as you can. He knows. He knows. Let me take you there real quick. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. This is John chapter 12 is where I'm going to try to take you today. This is the meat and potatoes of today's message, if there is any. It's comforting for me because what I've come to learn about the things that my heart carries that's too heavy for me is I truly can't fix some of the things that's broken in me. It's like if you, uh, you need heart surgery, you can't do that. You're going to have to trust someone to open that thing up and go in there and turn some things around. I just want you to know his name's the G-O-D, you know. John chapter 12. Let me, let me show you how Jesus got to the point where he was able to look at his disciples and say, this is my blood. Uh, Miss Brandy, can we pass out the elements now so that way when it gets really awesome in here, the glory of God comes down. We're going to pass out communion. We practice open communion as a church. If you don't want to take communion, don't do it. I just want to caution you to understand that you should never take communion with sin in your life, says the scripture, it's a big deal. So take the element, maybe don't take it, but, but take it, and then we'll, we'll see if we can't get there together. Cool? 
man, this, does this guy ever, like, does he ever make sense? Wow. Sometimes. John chapter 12. And Jesus replied, now this, if you don't hear nothing else, hear, hear this passage. Okay, this is, Jesus is in prayer. And then he's talking to his friends, and we believe this to be three days before he's arrested and crucified. And I want you to know he knew that he was about to be arrested and crucified, and he knew what he was about to go through, and he knew what he was about to ask you to do. And I want to show it to you right here. Watch this. Everything that's difficult that you have to go through is, is really intentional. Now the time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory. You catch that? Now the time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory. He's talking about him and, and whether glory here means heaven or glory here means the resurrection or glory here means the cross or glory here means enter into the promise that he has with you. We don't really know, but we know this glory is a magnificent thing. Are you with me? Here, Jesus is going to have some pretty big mood swings in about four sentences. The time has come for me to enter into my glory, and I tell you that unless a kernel of wheat, which is planted in the soil, dies, it remains alone. Great news, glory. Bad news, die. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Those who love their life in this world will lose it, while those who care nothing for this life in this world will keep it for an eternity. Anyone who wants to be my disciple must follow me, because where my servant must be, I am. And the Father will honor anyone who serves me. Now my soul is deeply troubled. Should I pray? Father, Save me from this hour? No, this is the very reason I came. Father, bring glory to your name. I'm thinking about the things that I'm carrying when I recognize that people that I love are going through hell. And what I have learned about myself is I, um, though very, very manly, the most manly person in this room. I mean, I'm so manly, I make Brian Wilson nervous. I don't know where he's at, which is probably why. He probably left because he got nervous. <laughs> though manly, I have an innate like, ability to avoid pain at all costs. When things scare us or cause us to feel like it's about to hurt, um, here or here or anywhere, I avoid that pain. Jesus, I think what he's doing in this passage is trying to share with us an understanding of the promise of the cup that he's going to pour out. Because he's not just saying, hey, I have a promise for you. Cool. You're cool. I'm cool. We're cool. Like, but he's actually saying, like, if, if we're going to do this thing together, I need to show you what it looks like from my side because ultimately you're in this with me and you're going to see it from my side also. Did you catch that? Well, I, what, let me say it a different way. If you love Jesus, 
if the Father in heaven didn't spare his own son, what makes you think he's going to spare you? Nothing good in life comes easy. That's called a microwave. Like, we don't make delicious meals in the microwave. We slow cook them. It's got to go through a process of pain and difficulty. We refine in the fire. Like Ushaza preached last week, we make muscles stronger through difficulty, through tearing it down and rebuilding it back up. If you want something good, it's going to go through a process of things that are difficult. Diamonds are made through pressure. Athletes are made through crazy amount of, 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 I don't know what you're going through, but from what this passage is telling me, you're not going through it for you. You're going through it for me. That is the reason we are the body of Christ. Because your hardship was designed for my breakthrough. That's why we do life around a table. That's why when the going gets hard, we're living with someone else who says, I've been there and I need you to know he's worth it. Don't quit. Let me show you. Jesus knows he's about to die. And he says, look, the time has come for me to enter into my glory. And I'm going to tell you the truth. That a kernel of wheat that is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. This seed here is really awesome. But let me tell you what the plan is. The father wants to take me and remove me from the tree. Move me off here to the little bit. And he wants to stick me in a dark, gross, dirty, wet, muggy place until I die. And that's the hope of mankind. And if he doesn't do that, then this seed remains alone and it's worthless. But if he'll kill this seed and stick it in a dark place that's dirty and gross and difficult, and it does die. Then, this one life can produce many seeds, which could go on to give me, Tim Broughton, hope, which could go on to give Amanda Walker hope, and Rich Balazs hope, and, and he could go on to give Matt Bullock hope, and that seed, it grows, but if it remains alone, like if you're not willing to go through the process of being planted and going through difficulty and going through hardship. Like I don't know what you heard about the gospel. I'm sorry that it's not easy. It's not supposed to. Marriage isn't easy. Work isn't easy. Like, but we don't quit on work when it's hard. We, we don't give up on things when they're difficult. We press in. We double down. And he says, unless it dies, unless you die, unless you die, John the Baptist, the greatest man that ever lived, Jesus said, the only prayer he prayed that's recorded that we know of is, that guy there has got to increase, I've got to decrease. The seed has to die. Listen to what he says as the news gets worse. Unless the seed dies... If it dies, it'll produce. He goes from, I'm going to enter into glory, but first, I've got to die. 
but if I die, it'll produce many seeds. And then he says, but my heart is troubled. You see, Jesus has got the craziest mood swings in the world, man. And it's only because he, he knows there's glory coming, but he knows there's hardship coming, but he knows there's glory coming, but he knows there's hardship coming. So if you're not going through it yet, let me just prophesy over you real quick. You're going to. If you're not, someone said once, the devil only attacks people he's worried about. If you're not under attack, maybe you're not doing anything worth troubling him. You're fine right where you are. Keep it going, Jack. Your life is perfect as it is. Is this making sense? Rachel, I am way over time. Let's, let's just fire this thing up here. And then he, then he says this. I just want you to know he knows. So then, but then this is the something you got to hear. You got to hear. Look at someone next to you and say, you got to hear. He, he, he looks here in the, in the passage and he says, uh, if those who love their life in this world will lose it. If you don't lose your life and the things you love most, if you're not willing to lay those things down, then you love your life in this world. The hard thing is, we love this world. We love our life. But this life is not the life that he called you to build. He called you to build an eternity in the kingdom of God. But we get so in love with our kingdom. We get so in love with our stuff. We want them shinier and prettier and cooler and more fashionist. And, but he, what he's really trying to say is the stuff that we want to make beautiful are the people that are next to us. So if you don't die, they don't have hope. He says those that love their life in this world will lose it for eternity. I just need you to understand this isn't coming from me. But before Jesus could lift a cup and say, I have a promise for you, he had to lose his life for us. And his plan for the world is that he would break you in such a way that you would trust God in all of this brokenness, in all of this fear, knowing that it's coming, knowing that it's going to get harder, that it's going to get more difficult. If you don't trust God in this process, let me show you what happens. You never lay your hand down on the cross. The apostle Paul said, for I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, it's not I that lives, but it's Christ Jesus that lives within me. And the life that I live now, I live by faith in the son of God. I want you to know God is going to call you to do some things that are truly scary. That will truly hurt like hell. And it's good for you, but it's better for me. Don't quit. The one thing I learned about the gospel, it's not about me. It's not about my calling. It's not about where I'm going. It's not about my pain. The Lord doesn't even really care much about my feelings. I know that'll mess with a lot of your theology. What he cares about is his sons and daughters and all of us working to do everything we can to make sure we build the kingdom and we make sure that no one goes to hell. We bring as many people with us as we can.